Hi, I'm Russ Camarda, an independent filmmaker and actor in New York, and in between the chances I get to do my creative projects, I love to sit down and talk with other artists to see how it is they do what they do, how they take art and use their craft to reveal truth to an audience. So in this series of conversations, you'll meet some people you may recognize, some people you won't recognize, but they're all independent artists, and we'll get in-depth in a long-form conversation to see how it is they do what they do. Welcome to Art Craft Truth. This time on Art Craft Truth, actor, director, teacher, Rosalind Coleman Williams, a tremendously accomplished artist. From the Yale Drama School to working directly with August Wilson on the piano lesson and seven guitars on Broadway, coming up the ranks with her good friend Viola Davis, acting with Meryl Streep and Angela Bassett in the film Music from the Heart, being directed by the legendary Academy Award-winning director Arthur Penn and becoming a member of the Actors Studio. Dozens of film roles with fantastic directors, a ton of television, NYPD Blue, Law and Order, Nurse Jackie, Blue Bloods, Blacklist, on and on and on. She's also in the current cast of To Kill a Mockingbird on Broadway. Roz is also an accomplished director and acclaimed acting coach. With so much to explore, it's really a shame to try and get this all done in one show, but I'll take what I can get, and what I got was gold. Rosalind Coleman Williams. Hey there. Hi. How are you doing? I'm great. How it's, are you? It's great to meet oh, you. Oh, wait, my, my background isn't I totally... Should, <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> it looks like production, you know? It's real cool. There you go. Uh, yeah, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, awesome. Well, you look fantastic. Uh, so is it, is it Rosalind, Roz? What do you prefer? Like, how do you, what do you prefer? Um, most people call me Roz. Okay. Um, they usually start out with Rosalind, and they wake, make their way down to Roz. Okay. We'll we'll start with with Ms. Williams or Ms. Coleman Williams or how you know <laughs> however you want to go. Um, so this is yeah, all, this is super awesome of you to do this. I really really appreciate it. Um, You're welcome. Because uh, Liz was really cool uh, to give me a, a couple of actors to to look at and hopefully to get as guests. And so we'll 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 go through kind of bits and pieces of your career where highlights pop up because you're. In, incredibly accomplished um but it really is the nuts and bolts of how you do it like your process and what makes me excited about you is because you're a coach and a teacher and a director you can articulate this uh, as some guests are, have, have a difficult time doing so i'm very excited about that um, okay, good. so that's really cool um so so just to get into it um uh there was one little blurb I saw on one of your websites that resonated with me because it's me. If anybody knows me, it's me. And it's, uh, um, I like having done it, but, <laughs> right. but, but doing it <laughs> is war. doing it is hard, you know, getting up to yeah. actually have to go write or shoot or cut or whatever mm -hmm. it is, is a, is a pain in the ass, but having done it and seeing the product is good. So where does that come from? What's that about? That is definitely all about directing mm. because, um, when I'm directing, um, I miss acting, mm. you know? Yeah. Acting's the gig, man. Acting is so much easier. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and, um, and it does feel like, especially the shoot. So most, most of my directing, I've directed a few theater projects, but most of it is, um, uh, you know, film project. And the shoot is physically and mentally draining. Yeah. And there are always problems. And I always love the actors. I love <laughs> the acting. I, 
I don't even mind. I don't mind preparing. You know, right. I like planning. Um, but the actual shoot, like waiting for the lights to set up and how it comes out, and um, the little things. A lot about the art direction. Are it's really hard. Right. 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 Yeah. No. It's. Uh... <laughs> It's there's so people don't realize uh, in every medium, film, television, even theater, that the idea of for me anyway, some people love it. But the idea of all right, I got to pack up the stuff. I got to get my head together. I got to, you know, it's it's so much. And if it's low budget and I actually have to carry stuff. Yes. Oh, my God. I got to pack my car again. Oh, man. Got to pack my car. And I hate that. Um, then the next day, day two. You wake up, you feel like you got hit by a bus. <laughs> right, <laughs> you know? right, right. Or you feel like God is literally pushing you down in your bed, right, right. holding you there. Right, yep. And then when your edit is finished, right, and you're looking at it and you're like, yeah, no, this is, this is why I did it. And then what's funny is, you know, you watch it so many times through a cut or you watch it all, all the way through a festival and then you never watch it again. <laughs> you know, it's you know like... What? It's so funny because um, somebody just asked me, my, uh, my sorority from college, um, they said, we want to do a movie night and show your films. And I was like, oh, my God, thank you so much. And I was like, oh, what do I want to see? What do I want to show? You know, that was kind of exciting. And I do love mm. now, as much as I hate the war of the shoot, right. the mental, especially mental war, um, I love watching it with an audience. Right, right. And I, you know, of course, and the most glory is the talk back. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> the talk back is like the Oscar. Absolutely. It's the high that you get from watching it with the audience and have give it, having them give you feedback right. is literally, that's got to be like crack. It's, yeah. It's like oh, yeah. That high is so amazing. Well, I'll tell you what. I, I the more I'm listening to you, the more I, you and I resonate as as we think about that. Are are you able to um, let things go real quick? Like in other words, that's the picture. When you watch it back, or you, you're not going, oh, I should have done this, or that. You you can kind of let that go, or no. Depends on how it came out. Okay. <laughs> if it's bad, if I don't like it, I close my eyes during the parts that I don't like. <laughs> yes. That's awesome. That helps a lot. Yeah. Because um, then you're not just looking at that awful thing. Right, that, right. You know, the mic, boom mic or some terrible thing that ruins it for you. Right. Um, so I do that. <laughs> um, <laughs> but but in, and, in, in general, you can, you're, you're the piece kind of comes and goes yeah if i like it yeah you okay. know if if it doesn't come out good and you put a lot of time and energy into it it breaks your heart it, it, i yeah. i liken it to it's like a boyfriend dumped you That's <laughs> something doesn't come out good i gotcha so painful right that like even if you ever think of it it just hurts <laughs> right right yeah well i feel you i feel you there so i'm gonna as you'll see as we go through i'm gonna bounce around the timeline a bit that's one of my famous lines here as i bounce around because as things strike so we'll, we'll start in a linear fashion but we'll go through but i mean okay. like i said you're one of i've gotten to talk to a lot of different people you know musicians and singers and dancers and actors and filmmakers and editors and all that you're one of the most accomplished um, craftsman that I've gotten to talk to because, I mean, uh, Yale drama master, uh, 
uh, a member of the actor studio, uh, dozens of feature films, television, uh, Broadway, off Broadway. You're a director, you're an actor, and you're an acting teacher, which really is awesome because you can articulate. We can really get into the craft and the process, which is what the show is all about. So let's go back. Let's start right at the beginning. Um, first of all, where are you from originally? I'm from um, Washington, D.C. is where I grew up. Okay. I was born in Ann Arbor, Michigan. And always a fire for this? Always wanted to be in it? Well, I think um, I was in the Black Panther daycare program. And um, we were involved in a riot when I was, I don't know if I was three <laughs> or if I was five. Oh, wow. I don't even know if it was a riot. <laughs> but I will tell you what happened. We were at a picnic. And the program went from three to 18 and some boys went up in the woods and got into some kind of trouble and all the police came. Wow. They started arresting the counselors and the kid and the larger kids and it was chaos. And so um, it was traumatizing. My, me and my three siblings were there. And at the end they said, please come back tomorrow. We're gonna, you know, we need to come back together tomorrow, the next day. So the next day we went back and we put on a play about it. Wow. Played myself. <laughs> and my line was, mommy, mommy, I want my mommy. That's all I had to wow. do. Wow. Which I can never say that without connecting. Oh, yeah, there's some sense memory happening right there. <laughs> wow. That's intense. Yeah, so, it was very intense. First of all, was- what, a, what a progressive forethought to, for whoever decided that that was the way to handle that. Right? Right? I mean. Right? That's pretty cool, man. Put on, let's, let's put on a play and work it out. And my parents let us go back and do it again. So that was <laughs> awesome. And I really felt like um, sort of that creative process or whatever. That's what I trace it back to, mm. that, that moment right. of, you know, being powerless to being empowered wow. by turning it into art. And then, you know, um, when I was about... And, you know, I was a shy kid, but I always wanted to act. And then when I was about maybe 14, I came out to my parents as an actor. <laughs> uh, yeah, we all have to do that at some point. <laughs> yes. And, um, and when I was 16, they let me change from my private school to uh, School for the Arts. And the rest is history. <laughs> wow. So you went to School for the Arts. And so what is the, so when you get into that, first of all, how old are you when that kind of thing starts, when you get into what I was 14, I started taking acting classes okay. and workshops. But when I was 16, I switched to um, Duke Ellington School for the Arts, a high school in Washington, D.C. Right. And um, that was, you know, life changing. I still think of the best actors I've ever seen <laughs> as, the, as the actors I met in right. 11th and 12th grade. <laughs> right. So in 11th and 12th grade, what kind of stuff are they teaching? Is there a particular kind oh my of God. Or... We did everything. Yeah. Um, they taught method acting, but we did... Um, I played Blanche Dubois. We did Everyman. We did um, Medea. Wow. We did everything, you know. And um, that was like um, my introduction to Aristotle right. and you Sophocles know, and Tennessee Williams all at the same time. Yeah, all at the same time, and it was all like I was so into it. Yeah. Did they have like, you? Did they have you doing like uh, dance and and voice and stuff like that too? Yeah, we did movement mm-hmm. and movement for the actor. The, the departments were separated. So we didn't do like singing. We did voice right. for the actor. Right. More like link letter. Yeah. And so so what was your what was the idea in your head in school at that point? Was it like, 
I mean, this is absolutely my career. And when I get out, I'm going to do this. Like, what was the road you were looking at as a young person? Okay. So as a young person, I was looking at, um, I really thought that I, you know, in high school, I wasn't very good. All the other <laughs> actors were way better than me. I was like the usher, you know, <laughs> but I felt that I will never quit. Mm. And eventually there will be a part for me. So that was my thing. I will never quit. And, um, and you know, I just had my teachers were like gods to me. Yeah. So, and I was a good girl. Okay. So um, my teachers worked in theater locally and they like hired me as like a stage manager, <laughs> one of their plays. And I was totally into it. It was, um, what's that play? It's a music, it's, it's a music, it's Brecht. Um, oh, um. It's got Jenny, that Jenny yeah. song, Pirate Jenny song, that play. Okay. So you were the stage manager or you were in it? They put I was you... the stage manager okay. and I ran the light board. All right. Yeah. That's where I started too. I started operating a spotlight. That's the, the before I could yeah. get on stage, you know? And um, from there, you know, my parents are educators, so I knew I had to go to college. So in... Um, I used to hang out at the drama bookstore and I participated <laughs> in arts recognition and talent search. Mm -hmm. And I, um, and that was like the SATs for actors, if right. you will. Right. And so I got chosen as one of the 30 actors to go to, to fly to Florida and compete for scholarships. And, um, you know, that really changed. What my was life. the, what was the competition? What did you so have to do? Doing monologues and mm. taking classes for the whole weekend. Okay. And that's where I met Viola Davis, still wow. one of my best friends. That's awesome. I know. And uh, a few, and like uh, Reggie Rock Bythewood, who's an amazing writer-director, he was in my class there. Wow. Um, Wendell Pierce was, wow. was wow, it. Yeah. I mean, like all these people, Vanessa Williams, all these people who are still actors 30 years sure. later are uh, were there. Right, right. In high school. Right. So this is uh, the early to mid 80s, I'm guessing, something uh, 83, like 83. 83. Yeah, yeah, we're close to the same age, a little after a couple of years after you. So okay. out of school, so where did you end up going to actual school? Well, school? I got scholarships to lots of places. <laughs> I'm sure you did. Carnegie Mellon was my choice. Wow. But my mother, um, no, first I first I chose SMU, which was a big theater school at the time. And um, my mother, and then I went to the O'Neill for the summer because I also got that opportunity. Mm to go and um, be at Eugene O'Neill Theater Center wow. for the summer. And while I was there, I had a scholarship to SMU. My mother, I called my mother, you know, on the payphone back in the day. <laughs> she's like, I can't send a child of mine to the South. Wow. So SMU was over. Wow. So I said, that's okay, I'll go to Carnegie Mellon. And I called them up and they started making arrangements, putting together, a, you know, a new package for me and everything. And um, my mother's like, no, you have to go to Howard. And so I wow. went to Howard University. There you go, right. Is where my father taught, which is where we all went. What did dad teach? HU Howard is in um. Is no, no, in no. What what did dad teach there? Oh, urban systems and computer science. Computer science. Oh, right. Yes, and he um he also um be, later became the provost there. Oh. So, I mean, he was a fixture there. Wow! Wow! <laughs> so, and we all went to school there. That's got to be. That's got to be. Uh... Dad's a fixture at the place where you're going to school. <laughs> I went to children's theater there. <laughs> I did not want to go there yeah, for my right. college. Yeah, right, right. So 
I lied to everybody. I told them I was from Detroit because I had family in Detroit. I never went home. I, I stayed in the dorm the whole time. <laughs> That's right. You, gotta, you had to have a secret identity. <laughs> I just felt like a failure because I didn't go away to school. I got you. But Howard was a fantastic program, and it's a fantastic school, and I'm so glad I went there. I'm so proud that I'm an HU graduate. So. And talk to me about Yale drama. I mean, legendary, okay. legendary stuff here. So at the end of Howard, um, you know, the choice is like, go out and go to New York and just make it or go to <laughs> L.A. and make it. And that just had no I, I didn't know what that meant. Mm -hmm. So I was in the uh, Michael Kahn at um, the Folger Theater, which was is now Shakespeare Theater at D.C. or whatever. But then it was a Folger Theater. And um, he had the first program to bring African-Americans in to the cast or whatever. Okay. So he had like this initiative to bring a bunch of African-Americans in. And um, back then it was just African-Americans. Nobody else could come. <laughs> it was like white people and African-Americans. Everybody right. else is SOL. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> so um, he brought a group in and I was in that group. Mm. There were some professional actors and there were some interns and I was one of the interns. And that's my last year at Howard, I did that. And there, so I got to be in Winter's Tale, mm. um, Love's Labor's Lost. And it was there that I saw that all the actors who were playing the leads went to Yale or Juilliard or NYU. Mm. So I said, that's when I got the idea. Right. When I found out about Yale, I heard that you had to be older and that you had to be um, and it took five or six times to get in. Interesting. So I just prepared my audition and thinking that you had to be older. I was like, well, this audition doesn't really matter because I'm too young right. and it's my first audition. So instead of like doing like two two minute monologues, I just <laughs> I did like a one person show. <laughs> <laughs> monologues are so long that they stopped me. Wow. And I was actually offended. <laughs> it's like, hey, I didn't get to the third act. What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I just did everything wrong. And um, so, yeah, so that's when I decided to go to Yale or... or um, did you get in on that audition? Yeah, I got in. First shot, right? First shot. So isn't that interesting? There's something about... Uh, and again, this might be a theme that we'll come back to when we talk about craft is the letting go of... It's like, hey, you know what, expectation, you know, I'm, I'm here, I'm going to do it, and I got a show to do, so let me do it. <laughs> Extremely excited to be there. I had a captive audience. That's awesome. I was excited about the space I was acting in. It was very, you know, it's very old and right. theatrical, right. so I was excited to, to show off the work. Wow. So, so in that program, because it is such a, a, a legendary program, um, what, what, do you do what's the what's the thrust of the education for an actor there okay so it's totally changed okay and it's way better now than when i went there really yeah because i did a play there in 2017 so i got to go to classes and <laughs> experience the program a little bit again and more so as an educator observing this time but um so you have what's really strong about yale is that you have classes like say maybe 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. And, you know, you do your basic voice, acting, speech, you know, fencing, movement, <laughs> right. whatever. Um, and you do that. And then you and then you have rehearsal blocks. 
The thing is that they have playwrights, new playwrights, and so you do like maybe 10 plays a year, each actor. Sometimes you're playing big roles, sometimes you're playing small roles. And me coming from, I really hadn't been in a play like my own role mm. all the way till, until that time. Wow. So it's really performance-based. Okay. Get you, up, get you up on your feet, right into it, and do it. Doing it. And that's the strength of it. And now it's even better because you have also um, on-camera acting, you have voice, mm. um, and you have privates all the time. And it, even when I was there, it felt like I was like a thoroughbred horse, you know, right. like you come in, you know, like I was playing Rosalind and as you like it, you're like, I don't know, I just get a little tense and somebody comes and gives you a massage, <laughs> and, do you, feel? you know, so it's like a lot of self-care, right. a lot of like taking care of your instrument and you're just in fantastic um, shape as an actor in terms wow. of what you can accomplish, you know, working like that. Yeah. Well, there's something to be said about, you know, uh, just getting up and swinging the bat, you know, but at the same time, are they, are they, uh, are there instructors who are, you know, like, uh, forming ideas about craft for you or, or, or putting you in a certain direction, or is it just literally get up there and, and. Oh, learn? no, in the acting classes, you're getting sort of like how to and, act. And what was that? in Yale's version that you saw, like what was Yale's it? version? Well, I did it with Earl Gister and he's all about actions. Actions. Yeah. So it's all about, um, you know, what do you want? And then what are your actions? Right. Um, that is really the foundation of being able to articulate it so that you can actually nuance it. Right. Right. And, um, that is like the basis of the first year acting. And that's based on, you know, realism. Mm -hmm. So we do, I mean, Chekhov, uh, Stringberg, and Ibsen, mm, okay. the, the first semester. And your first play that you do is going to be a Chekhov, Stringberg, or Ibsen directed by one of the first-year um, uh, directors. But so, yeah, I was lucky okay. because August Wilson was there, wow. and um, he was doing piano lesson. And there was a role for uh, Grace, who's about... I think she's described, she's about this high, nice, healthy, and got some uh, nice hips on it, he says. <laughs> I think she said, I think he says she's brown skin. I think he says that too. He might say that. So, which is pretty much describes me. <laughs> and um, the person who was actually playing, the third year who was actually playing the role of Grace was very skinny and was also playing the role of Medea mm. in, um, in the other, right. in the regular, in the school at the same time. Okay. So I got to play the role, you know, in rehearsal. So I got to act with Sam Jackson, wow. uh, be around the table with August Wilson with a new play directed by Lloyd Richards. Wow. And so that was my very first semester. Wow. So what's that like to be in development of a piece? You're like you're there wow. when they're when the playwrights like fiddling with the knobs and the levers and stuff. That's incredible. Yeah, I, that's my favorite thing is new play, new play development, which is why I love film, because it's always a new play. Right, exactly. Um, and that's like, I feel like my strength is like around the table, like figuring out what's going on. What is the story? What do we want? Right. You know, um, what's the story we want to tell? Right. And um, that kind of work, you know, that kind of dramaturgical work, those kind of discussions, they just don't happen anymore. But it's a, it, it, to me, it's the most exciting. It's like I love nothing more than warm pages. <laughs> And August used to write on a um, a yellow pad like oh, this. Oh wow! 
pencil, you know, he'd write it out and then like rip off a piece, pass you the line. Wow. Somebody run and go type that out. You get a warm page. Wow. That's so cool. That, that is, was really, really exciting. That's very exciting. Yeah. I mean, that's to me, that's the whole thing about what we do is, um, you know, I've often said on some of these with other artists that it's, it, you know, I, I lo we love good writing and stuff, but you know, uh, I can, I can put aside plot and, and character development twist. It's the story. What's underneath. What are you trying to say in this piece? And then beyond that, it doesn't matter what the genre is or what the piece is. What, what is the story? And that's always the fun part for me is like, let's get to the to what we're trying to say so that's oh, to see that coming that. literally like next to you oh yeah day. absolutely absolutely so cool it's so fun that was like the funnest that was and that was my those are i feel like because you know i was just out of i feel like i was just just out of college you right. know um and that was my developmental time is watching that process so that's always what i go to in terms of like how i think a rehearsal should run right. or how i think uh, how open I think a playwright should be right? Um, or how, how a, a discussion about the work should go. It's all based on the openness that sort of August had um, to listening, but making his, but making his decisions. Right. Um, but to like, everybody was vital and like any voice was heard, you know, in sure. the room, which was kind of cool. Um, but you really, and he was very clear on the story he was telling, but he, he always wrote too much. <laughs> it would always be like maybe four hours. Right. And then you had to whittle it down to what is the play. Sure. And you could find some parts that, that belong in the play, but not to that character. Right. You know, like the, this story or this theme or this, this talking about this event belongs. Right. But somebody, it's in the wrong person's mouth. Right. So it was like, the, it was like a, you know, a, like a sculpture where you're taking, right. where you have a block and then you're and taking you away, take, taking yeah, away. Yeah, that's, and, and yeah. The, the art reveals itself to you. You know, yes. you're, you're not dictating it. It's kind of like you're putting it out there and it's talking back to you. That's, that's, mm -hmm. that's when it's at its best. So I was going to say, I was going to ask you from those times, especially both as an actor, but clearly as a director and a, and a, um, a play, a, a teacher yourself, do you take lessons, the things you learned all the uh, yes. way through to today, yeah. One of the things I take um, from Lloyd Richards, especially, is that he really trusted us as actors. Mm. Not a big talker in rehearsal. Mm -hmm. um, he lets you figure it out. Right. You know, like, y you walk over there because you need to walk over there. He's not going to tell you the blocking beforehand. Right. Um you know, it's, it's from, what are you doing? Right. Motivated you know? movement. And, yeah. yeah. So it's all motivated. And so he might clean that up or help you out with that, but there's a lot of time where he's not talking, where you're just working, you're just logically doing the beats, right. You know, day after day. And then, and then it's like, um, which can also feel as an actor, like disorienting, <laughs> like, um, especially as a student, you're like, tell me what, sure. what do you want me to do? Am I good? What is this? What is that? And, um, and I feel that it's much more empowering to let you find right. and spend a week, two weeks 
I mean, we don't have this kind of time. Yeah, anymore. right. Not anymore. But, um, not anymore. But find to find what what do you want to do? What's logical to you? What makes sense to you? And right. then we'll help with that. Right. And there's also, I mean, the the practice of 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 getting comfortable being uncomfortable. I mean, if it is disorienting, that's good. It's a good thing. You know, get used to being in that you know, place. So you fold that in even now as you work, as you direct, as you teach, you, that's yeah, still stuff. I do. I do. And it's hard because I think like the generation of today <laughs> really wants, you know, this instant answer and really wants to be told, right. which is so exhausting as an educator. Um, I really believe in, you have to, in fact, <laughs> my students hate me because I'm like, no questions. You can't, you're not allowed to ask a question. You have to do it. Right. First. But as soon as, as soon as I explain an exercise or anything like that, hands up in the air. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and everybody wants to talk. And it's like, um, I learned from um, another director I work with, Stephen Henderson. He says, talk it to life, not to death. Right. Right. <laughs> you yeah. know, and really you've got to do it. It is experiential. And once you do it, then you can talk about it. Right, yeah, and it's 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 acting, it's a verb. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the writer did that, the other stuff. You know, we'll work exactly. on it. You know, you get up and, and, and find the moment and, and do it. That's mm -hmm. awesome. That's so cool. So so out of yeah, like when does the professional part of your career then begin? Like what is what are the do you move to New York? Do you do you, like what is the thing that you yeah. do that to do it? That was like an overlap kind of because um I guess my second year at Yale, I guess I got a part in the rep and joined Equity, and then I, I went to the O'Neill, maybe my third year, or maybe, I don't even remember. <laughs> but, you know, so it was like overlapping. Sure. So um, being at the O'Neill doing new plays there, I did that several years. Mm. And so a lot of those plays get, end up getting produced. And so then I was in some of those plays after right. they got produced. Wow. And... Um, so that's a, an immediate showcase to the industry. That's the beautiful. Yeah. That's the beautiful track of the Yale track. It's like you're, everybody's looking yeah. at you. And then, and then of course we have a proper showcase. Right. right. So the proper showcase, you get an agent, and um, I went to the O'Neill, and then um, and then my first show in New York was Piano Lesson, because it was on Broadway. So cool. So I came into that show. So, well, and, all right, let's time out. Time out. Let's <laughs> let's talk about that for a second, because. Okay. And I've had this conversation with other Broadway actors, too. That first moment when you're walking into the theater to rehearse for your, you know what's going up on Broadway. What is that moment for the actor like, especially young actor? Um, <laughs> Did you think about it that way? I actually, I thought about it at the audition because the audition was on the stage with the set. Wow. And now remember, I know Lloyd, right, already. <laughs> I know August already. And the play's already been open. I'm replacing. Mm -hmm. um, and so, and so it was on the set with an actor. Wow. And that freaked me out. <laughs> <laughs> that freaked me out. So I actually, I blew that audition and I literally said to Lloyd, oh, never mind, never mind, oh, right? I just no. wanted to leave. It was like, when you come out of Yale and you have, you know, your first agent and you're young, it's like a really hot time. I literally had five auditions that day. Wow. And um, so I was super busy and sort of overwhelmed by how busy I was. And, and I just felt freaked out. So I tried to quit. And he said, no, nope, he wouldn't let me. He's like, brought me back. He like, calmed me down. 
And I did the same. And then, um, and then I got offered to play at the public, um, which I was the Caucasian chalk circle, which I was super excited wow. to do. Wow. And um, a couple weeks later, uh, I got the offer for piano lesson, and that was that. Wow. And then when you. <laughs> If that's the answer, yes, yes, yeah, yes. Freaked, freaked you out. out. Absolutely freaked you out. So, <laughs> so that moment when uh, when they're calling five and and it's oh, your your opening, not your chant, your night on Broadway. What is it? Is is there a moment of kind of dream fulfilled kind of thing there, or are you just a working actor doing your gig? What's the feel? It was definitely a moment of um, I'm on Broadway. This is exactly what I wanted. Now what? Did you have people in the audience for you? Not that I remember. Mm. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I remember the cast um, making a big deal and applauding. I uh, remember the stage manager like announcing, um, congratulations, Rosalind Coleman's Broadway debut. You that's know, so cool. I remember that stuff. And I remember my dressing room being, you know, filled with all the accoutrements. Right, right, right. And I love that stuff, <laughs> you know. Yeah, that's when you really get somebody to come in and massage you. Yeah. <laughs> I loved all that. I loved just the excellence, you yeah. know, you know, putting on my wig, um, mm. just, you know, my costume fitting. I love costume fittings for Broadway. They are so amazing. Why is that? What's the, what's that about? Um, it's like the, who the, um, like last was with Anne Roth um, for To Kill a Mockingbird. Wow. And the detail, I mean, mm. you go to a studio somewhere in Midtown, you're in front of a three-way huge mirror and they bring all these, you know, most, I do have done a lot of period plays. They have the period underwear wow. and, you know, the socks and the shoes and this, everything is just fitted to you perfectly. Wow. And, um, and, you know, based on the sketches and it's like, that's when I learned so much in that moment from seeing yourself for the first time as the character. Um, that's an, inc just, that's incredible detail to, to the undergarments of the, I mean, and it must affect how you physically move through this. Absolutely. Wow. Absolutely. You know, and sometimes you have vintage pieces. It's amazing. That's so cool. Um, just the, who the designers are, um, Constanza Romera, um, for, uh, I think pianists and, and seven guitars, but just the costumes are just so amazing how they're built, how they're handled, how they feel to put them on. Wow. Um, so all that stuff. So is, let's, 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 I I, I, when I hear something, I often go off on a tangent. We'll come back around to the career in a minute, but, okay. um, so actors and you'll, you'll, you'll see people often talk about outside in, inside out, that kind of thing. And, you know, uh, method and sense memory and, and all that stuff versus playing an action and an objective and, and feeling. So that kind of a thing, do, do you, you, I mean, I'm sure you have uh, dozens of different tools you use as an actor, but that sort of textural thing talk about what what that how you use that what that does for you well that's form. one of the things that really frustrates me <laughs> okay all right um is the uh, i can't say that you could say but whatever you what want I'm working on right now <laughs> what i'm currently working on like i don't understand how actors cannot work in rehearsal clothes mm. you know i just don't get it like how can you work in your sneakers and your jeans if you're supposed to be in the evening gown. Right. Like right. to me, you can't work. Hmm. Um, I, I think it's, first of all, is it inside out? Is it outside in? It's both. It's both, right? It's both. It's absolutely 100% both. But 
you can't find your body and your physicality without the right, at least the shape of the clothing. Sure. The feel of the clothing. And even the action of just changing your, I can't, <laughs> I just can't stand the way my actors don't want to act in the right shoes. Mm, that's huge. Shoes change everything. 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 It's like you're not even acting if you don't have any shoes on. <laughs> right. I mean, figuring out who am I and how I move and how I live in this version of myself. Right. Um, is so informed by what you're wearing. Do you also, um, do you find, uh, aside from textural action, subtextual action, do you find like physical action, uh, you know, Brando picking up the glove or the, you know, something, crushing a walnut. I mean, there's all that stuff that pulls your attention out of here into there. Do you use that a lot? Do you do stuff oh, like that? Oh, all that stuff, it totally feeds you. I loved, um, just remembering playing Grace, I mean, you have a purse. Mm. I love when you have a purse, you know, and what's in your purse. Right. You know, and um, and how you hand, you know, like being in the wing and opening and arranging your purse, mm. you know, just really always lot brings me in, right. you know, as that person. Um, so, yeah, all of that yeah. feeds you Physical so detail, much. physical action. Yeah, that's awesome. Oh, yeah, totally. And like to get, you know, when I was freaked out, um, when I was auditioning, it's like I couldn't, I was so into, oh my God, the lights, the Broadway stage, right. you know, that I wasn't in the world. Right. But all that stuff is what brings me into the world. Sure, sure. You know, and yeah. that's what makes you believe it. It makes you live in it. So then you're actually not thinking about actions and stuff like that. You're just living. Yeah. And it's right when you can believe it. Right. And what usually pulls you out of it because it, when when you're pulled out of the piece, it's always you got caught up in your, your your judgment mind there and what pulls mm -hmm. you back in is the other guy you know yep, the, the, absolutely you know literally that you don't have to do any acting it's right there in front <laughs> just do that it's so you know? great i love it i love it i loved like this moment where i was in um the mountaintop on broadway um now i never went on i was understudy for angela bassett <laughs> he never missed a show but you know <laughs> every thursday which is like understudy day okay you get to do the play. It's a two-person play, right? So you get to do the whole play with the lights and sound, everything. Cool. Every Thursday, which was great. And I loved doing that play. And I loved, um, I had this monologue about God. And um, in my imagination, I loved the way the lights would take me out of the world, mm -hmm. you know, the the, the front light of the Broadway stage right. and would bring me to like a mystical place where I could experience God. Wow. And wow. so you can find it on the outside of you. Sure. You know, on based on what's around you too. Right. Now also do you, um, especially in the theater, uh, but I find that, see, my preference is always to sort of be aware and include, you know, the truth of the fact that we're in a space, you know, like if I, if we're doing a film or something, I, I, my, my taste is always to be a, I like flaws in the lens. I like to be aware of the camera. Um, I'm not all hung up on resolution and, you know, like I like to be aware that, you know, we both know that there's a camera here. We're watching a film. It's part of the truth of what's happening. And in the theater, even too, 
we are on a proscenium. There, is, there are lights. Do, are you, is that inf informing you as well as you're performing? Like when you're moving around a space, or are you hard like fourth wall? Oh, no. Oh, no. You have to be, I mean, to me, um, that knowledge, but because the audience laughs yes. because it's there and there's a dialogue that you cannot not be aware of. <laughs> right. So that would be weird. Right. And they would you know, know it. They would. And they, they, uh, absolutely. It would it just wouldn't. No. <laughs> yeah. All right. Cool. Cool. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Be, yeah. Because it, there is an energy interchange exchange that you have to acknowledge because they're there. Right. You know, exactly. Yeah. And so you have to fill this moment while they're laughing. What's happening with you? Right. You know, right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so. So how first of all, how how many um, how long did that first Broadway run? How long were you doing that first one? The piano lesson? Um, I think I was doing that about, okay. I, this is, don't judge me. I, I don't really you. keep, I'm not a good time person. Okay. I would say about nine months. Okay. That's fine. I, I judge yeah. not because I barely remember what I did yesterday. So, yeah. So I don't, you know, everything is like what it feels like. That's what it felt like. I like you know, right, I, mean, I don't know if it was nine months. Let's or go. Not. Let's go with that. So at <laughs> okay. that point, are you think, are you kind of like in the theater loop where you're, that's, those are the jobs you're getting? Are you thinking about doing film and television? Like, is, how, is it all happening at the same time? What is your career? It's all happening at the same time. And I'm not a big thinker. Okay. So, um, one thing I did notice was that, yes, this, I think this was during piano lesson, was that I did notice that I had other interests. Okay. Like, right after I opened, I felt like, now what? Mm. And then I, um, so I was, I was doing like a little, maybe I'd do a day on a soap or stuff like that, little stuff like that, you know, that you can do while you're on Broadway. And that's when I during piano lesson that I started taking um, computer science class hmm. so I could learn to build computers and I just I was well, a little bored you had you had dad as a resource there I had dad as a resource <laughs> and an inspiration and I was ever so slightly bored mm. because um, it only takes three hours to do the show right you know and I don't need to think about the show all day long <laughs> right and I'm young and I got a lot of energy so well, I had auditions, and that's when I started coaching people. Hmm. Um, but otherwise, I needed something to do. So I took that class. I took writing class. So I started taking classes and stuff. But I started literally searching. Like, had this feeling, like, what am I going to be when I grow up? <laughs> I always wanted to be an actress on Broadway. That was my goal. And now I have to figure out what I want to be. Right. And so I, that's when I started searching. So... Uh... Well, to go back to the actual gigging of the craft there, um, like you said, now they do on-camera stuff and, and that kind of thing and yell, but back then they didn't. So you're coming from the theater thing and you're starting to do the bits on soaps. Did you find this is a different world? Do I want to be in this world? Is the acting different for you? Like, did you notice that right off the bat? Oh, yeah, I noticed that. Um, one thing was I didn't ever know who I was acting with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I spent a kind of a lot of time on a soap and um, uh, the literally the all the producers who hired me got fired. Or if I, I don't know if they got fired. Right. They moved whatever. on somewhere they, else. <laughs> and a whole new team came on. Right. So they didn't know what to do with my character. So my character was very much used as a utility to help move plot. <laughs> okay. So 
I would act with people I didn't know, I never met, I had no relationship with. And I'd be like, and they'd be like monologuing to me crying, of course, which they would never do in rehearsal. So, and I didn't even really know who they were. So it was, it was like one of the most difficult, frustrating experiences just because you could do like 50, 80 pages in a day. Wow. And, um, you know, as everybody together, but you might do yourself five, eight pages wow. and not know what the hell you were doing, wow. who you were talking to, why, where you were going, where are you coming from. I delivered a baby while I was, this is the same character, <laughs> delivered a baby, was um, also did some lawyering. I didn't know who I was. Wow. It was so frustrating. Do you think it's like you, corporate acting. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. And it's like, if you know, you do, maybe maybe you come in at seven, maybe you finish at three, and then you pick up your next script. Wow. And if you have a lot of pages, that's it. You can't do anything but work on those yeah. pages for the next day. Do you, oh, do you, that was hard. It's hard, but did, do you find, did you find something valuable out of that? I mean, that's an interesting exercise in... I was terrible. And having to do, having to just like, all right, well, what's in front of me? Let me just deal with this. You know? Yeah, I guess I did the best I could, but I was terrible. Oh, boy. And, um, and then it really frustrated me because actors, because you had no rehearsal yeah. and because you would rehearse in an empty room and the actors would mark everything and then disappear. And then when they come on set, then all of a sudden they're doing all this stuff and you just have no wow. idea. Wow. And it was just so frustrating to me. Anyway, so I did that as long as I could till I got fired. <laughs> and then, <laughs> oh, my whole my whole early film and television experience was completely like that. It was okay. just by the seat of my pants. And then I met this lady named Margie Haber um, when I was in Los Angeles. Oh no, she came here, and I met her here, and I did her workshop, and it changed my life. Okay, because it taught me. Um, uh, how to approach film and television as if it was regular acting and okay. stop. And so I stopped looking at it like it was something different. Right. So mm. once I could look at those scripts, cause I look at those scripts and they look like bullshit. You know, <laughs> right. if you're look, you're, you're used to looking at August Wilson <laughs> right. or check off. Right. You're like, what is this shit? I wipe my ass with this. There's That's nothing right. on this page. It's terrible. Right. right. And because I couldn't even read a script in a way that was productive, um, Margie taught me how to do that. Okay, so what's the magic there? I, I, I don't expect a lesson, but I mean, <laughs> you know, all of us get the script where it's like, I got to make this truthful and human. And like, so what was the, what did she teach you essentially? Well, you have to read it like you're reading a novel. So that you're seeing the whole world. Hmm. Instead of, don't read it like an actor, you know, trying to get a part or an actor going through a script. Because then you're going to miss everything. Hmm. So if you read everything aloud, everything on the page, okay. this um, from the interior, right. um, uh, Roz's house, <laughs> messy desk, Roz leans into a microphone. Uh, she intensely talks to Russ, right. you know. Right. So if you read everything and then you start to take it in at that level where you're seeing the whole, you know, as a novel, you see everything and you're taken in. Right, right. Whereas most actors, we just read the dialogue. We're like, all that stuff. What do I say? Right? <laughs> I need to know what I say. Okay. <laughs> so, and because we're so eager to get to our own parts, right. we right. miss all what's there. Right. And by not seeing that, 
then we don't notice that the beat just changed. Mm -hmm. We don't notice that because this dialogue is a really small part of it. Yeah, absolutely. Right. But all but in in um, screenwriting, all that other stuff, whereas in Chekhov, right, we ignore stage direction. Right. We're like, I'll find what I'm going to do. Right. 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 But we in theater, we don't even look at stage directions if there are any there. Sometimes there are none there. And we could care less because we will discover it during the rehearsal period. In film and television, you read everything on the page and you take those stage directions and those hints and those clues as seriously as you take dialogue. Right. So instead of dialogue being like this, you know, this thing that's up on the pedestal, it's one of many elements. Yeah. That helps you read it to where you can actually understand what is the what is the genre what is the writer's vision where is the joke right yeah right that's funny that's a fantastic that's a fantastic lesson for the actor to understand you know cinema is it's a it's a visual medium whether it's film or television so on a screenplay the action paragraph you know is a lot bigger than the dialogue line you know so clearly that must be important maybe we should look at that and what you're doing essentially is as an actor you're you're looking when you're doing that. When you're reading that out loud, you're looking through your purse off stage. Oh yeah, absolutely. and you're doing the you're doing that thing because that's the you're putting yourself in the space of the screenplay by doing that. That work, and so once that line between theater and film and television changed mm-hmm. for me, and then I was able to you know audition successfully, get better parts, and really appreciate you know, the craft of acting sure. on camera. And you started to get, you did a lot of, you, you've done a lot of guest spot television stuff on some cool things. What were some of the first ones where you had, where you had like a good little one okay, episode Okay, the first thing I did that was um, significant, I think, uh, well, of course, I did the piano lesson movie. Mm. So that was huge for me. Yeah. I think that might have been my first thing. Was that, now let's, yeah. let's take a t- detour for a second there. Was that, interesting and different to do in that oh setting god. having done it on the oh stage. my god it was totally different and totally interesting and you know at that point i couldn't even read a call sheet so um and you know we they created scenes that grace had that in the play is just talked about that we actually went and did and right. lived wow. those scenes are in the movie um you know you see us in all these other situations and those scenes, like, literally have no dialogue. They're just moments. Right. But that is acting on camera, right? There are all these moments. You might not even have dialogue. Sure. Um, that must have been fun to, you know, finally illustrate a backstory and a back, you know. I mean, how cool is yeah. that? It was so fun to, like, see where it lined up with my imagination and where it didn't. And we were in all these vintage places and these vintage clothes and these vintage cars, (laughs) you know, like the cars are something I had never considered, you know, and and I was actually in the car. That's so cool. It was so cool. And, um, so that was my first big thing was to do that. And, and then the other big thing is I did a movie, a TV movie called, uh, ditch diggers daughters. And that was really big because I had a lead. And I got to play myself from like 14 to 40. And wow. um, it's it's like, it's essentially a lifetime movie. Right. Um, and that was a really big deal because I got to play an instrument and I had, this is a huge arc and all this stuff to do. Do you play? So that, did, you, did you have to learn a craft or did you play an instrument? I just had to learn. Well, actually I had to play the clarinet and I was playing the saxophone in, um, wow. in the movie. So I just had to learn the fingering. Right. 
And the cool thing is with a saxophone is that you can blow it. You just don't have a reed. <laughs> right. So it's, it's an easier instrument to fake. Right. Of all the instruments, I felt like I had it wow. easier. That's cool. Because, you know, because I could also do the fingering. Right. That was super fun. Wow. That was, and that was like a, um, God, that was like Kimberly Elise was in that, um, Monica Calhoun, uh, oh, wow. Oh, God. Oh, it's okay. Nope. I, I, I'm pretty sure they're not going to be watching. It's okay. Don't okay, good. good. <laughs> Somebody just posted the picture on Facebook from that. So I was like, just so, so that, that's pretty cool. So right off the bat, you got some real fun stuff to do on camera. Um, mm. I also saw that uh, on your uh, on your page that uh, you did, what was it, uh, the Meryl Streep one, music? Um, oh, music. Oh, my God. That was so fun. Did it you, was called I, um, I Music of the Heart. Music of the Heart. That's where she's a, vi she's a violin teacher or something. I don't yes, remember the yes. picture. Do you, do you get to work with her in it? Oh, yeah. I got to work with her. I did. I had like three or four scenes with her, which was so cool. Right. Because I was like... Um, Fellow, isn't she a Yali too? Isn't she a... She's a Yali. And Angela Bassett was in it too. Oh, there you go. And I had done this play at the public where I wore um, called Everybody's Ruby. And they gave me a bathrobe to wear backstage. And the bathrobe said Bassett in it because Angela had worn it. It was an old bathrobe of hers. And the gloves that I wore on stage said street. In it. <laughs> so it was like so perfect. Oh, that's so cool. So, yeah. so did you guys like uh, trade uh, stories? Or did you have a chance to talk with? We didn't really talk about Yale. We talked about um, life more so. Right. But um, she's so generous. Like I remember the first day, the first scene up, was um, a scene we have together in the playground. And I'm, I'm like this skeptical black mother. She's a violin teacher and she's trying to get me to put my son in the program. And I'm like, you some white lady who come up here trying to tell us what to do, blah, 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 blah. And she's, you know, and, um, and so we, we finished the first setup and she goes, oh, thank God. And she gives me a huge hug. Goes, Rosalind, thank you so much. I'm so, always so nervous on the first day, the first scene. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Yes. My mother won't let me. Why? My son's got more important things to do than learn dead white men's music. <laughs> They're gonna learn Twinkle Twinkle Little Star. How many black classical composers can you name? How many black classical violinists do you know? Well, that doesn't mean that's the way it should be. I mean, Naeem's just learning to play music. He makes him feel good about himself. What, what does it matter who wrote it? Please, Ma, can I be in the class? Look, I've seen this before. You white women come up here and think you can rescue our poor inner city children who never asked to be rescued in the first place. No thank you. Come on. <laughs> and then in the movie, I have like a couple more scenes where I finally give in and give him my son. And then um, and then it's like, you know, he doesn't have we don't have no money for a violin. <laughs> OK, you know, I have that. Scene. Right, right. And then I have another scene where um, it's like my son is 20 years old, you know, and I've got long I've got gray locks and then we get to see each other again. Wow. And so she went, you know, I did, you know, I did whatever I did maybe two weeks early and then. There's a big scene at Carnegie Hall where I get to see her again. I hadn't seen, I literally hadn't you seen literally her. You literally hadn't seen her, right? Yes, and so we get to reunite oh, on camera so cool. and reunite. So it was great. So let's it talk. Let's talk about using using her as an example. Uh, when you get on 
set or into a rehearsal process because actors are, you know, they're like, you know, fish in the ocean. There's all different ways of approaching things. Um, do you get to observe someone's process? Do you, do you find, do well, you... hers I did because we got to rehearse. Okay. So do you, <laughs> so do you melt right into it? Like, are you like, well, this is kind of what I'm going to do or how, this is how you, you know, like, how does that fit? Well, it was me, her and Wes Craven, who was a director mm -hmm. and uh, we had a rehearsal and, um, I was a mess because I might've been, I don't know. I don't know. I don't even know when I did that in my career. But I know that I had, my script was a mess. Okay. It was just like some pages, right? She's got a big notebook and it's all color coordinated <laughs> and marked up and everything. And I can't even find the pages that were on. I'm like, what pages? Right. <laughs> you know? Right. And so she's like, has all her choices, all her decisions made. Wow. And I had, um, originally Madonna was in it. And I had done the table read with Madonna. That's interesting. Yeah. And um, and so I had played all the scenes before. And I felt um, pretty clear on what I was doing. But I hadn't worked with the director. And I had, I had very little. It's very, very rare that you get to rehearse. Sure. In the know, film. Yeah. Especially with the star. Especially with the director. And not on set at all. Right. So we... Um, so I got to see that how prepared she was. I think that was the most impressive thing about right, her. Right. And I think we went through every scene and we talked about it. We did, we did, we sort of went through the arc of their relationship because it's like, it's sort of like, was she, I'm like was she, was she as interested in the sort of dramaturge as you were like, did you, cause that, that's the one thing we talked about earlier where you really like to talk about that kind of stuff. Um, not all actors do. So, I mean, was that, that must Once have been... Once we got going, I mean, we were very, um, I felt like, simpatico. And also the directors there, you know, prompting the questions right, and stuff right, right. like that. That was very, um, it was a very productive That's rehearsal. awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. So then when I went back and, like, memorized the script and worked on my own to get ready for the actual shoot, I felt very clear. Right, right. Very clear. And then it was the first scene up. So, um, that's so that's great. So then it felt good. Right. Um, yeah, it was good. It was fun. So, um, so as you're moving along through your film and television career, um, you're still doing theater at the same time. Like this is all sort of coinciding. You're all, you're, you're basically here on, uh, on the East coast or you're, you're in Los Angeles. We're, we're like, where are you dealing with your um, life at that point? I'm basically in New York. That's like where I live always. Right. But, you know, if I have to work, if I go wherever the work is, you know, different right. things shoot in different places, you know, North Carolina, Canada. Right. right. Um, the only time I've gone to L.A. to work is when I was actually doing a play in L.A. and then I got cast there. So and then so I you stayed there. there for a while. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so where along this journey... Maybe it's probably early, but I mean, somewhere along here, where are you looking behind the camera? Where is that like, you're like, oh, I want to do that. I'm or I'm always there. I just always found it fascinating because that's where the sort of computer stuff comes in. Right. Because it's interesting, you know. I always love to like, um, to look at the, the, um, the scripties notebook. <laughs> like I just, it's kind of like a stage manager's notebook, which I also enjoy. Right. Um, it's just like a little more technical. Yeah. Yeah. I like looking at the notes and the cues and the, 
all that and the shots and just being on set, you always learn so much right. and um, you understand so much. And just by, I'm just curious. And also when you're acting, you have a lot of time. Yeah, right. You know? Right. So there's a lot. Of, so mm -hmm. what, what's the first thing that you decide uh, is going to be, I'm going to take a shot at doing a production uh, with, with uh, on camera, doing, doing my own short or doing my own whatever. Where's that happen? Oh, so my first short was um, after we got married, you know, we had some money. So it was oh, wait, wait, let's back up. Wait, time out. So you meet your, you meet your husband doing something, right? I saw, yeah. where, where did Do you guys meet? We met on set for a short film called The Window, and that film went to like um, went to Sundance and went to Sundance together and all that stuff. Cool. And um, it was actually at Sundance that we literally said we want to come back as 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 uh, creators. Wow. Because really, and really from being around August too, it's you know the actor's job is so precarious. Um, what's good about it is you get a lot of opportunities. Right. What's bad about it is you don't have any ownership. And, right. you know, you're the last one on, the last one to get hired or the first one to get fired. Right? Right, right. And so just wanting to have more ownership and being around August, you know, on opening nights and stuff. If you think you're happy, he is <laughs> way more happy. Right. And I have this vision of him in the opening night of Seven Guitars. It's like all these stars are there. All these people are there. And I can remember looking over at the room looking across the room at him and thinking we're all here because he was alone in the room and did his work. Right. And, um, and I, in my mind's eye, in my memory of it, his feet aren't on the ground. He's like two feet elevated. <laughs> and, um, like there's, and like he's, there's air beneath him. <laughs> and I just wanted that. And I just, that was like, I was like, this actor thing is fun, but right. There's that's some, where it's at. Yeah. Something about, pulling that thing out of the ether right through you into the world. Um, yeah, being the creator. And was it, are you a writer as well or no? Um, I will write if I have to. <laughs> um, <laughs> You're just like me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you have to do it, you have to do it. But Yeah, if I have to do it. Um, my husband's an amazing writer. Mm -hmm. So, um, uh, but I have, the first film we did, I wrote. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So when... When those words that were, you know, talking to you out onto the screen and then some actor brings some other thing and it comes out, that's a whole different feeling than you doing it, right? Oh, my God. I love it so much. <laughs> I, the reason I've never been in a film that I've directed is because there's so many wonderful actors <laughs> and they bring so much more to it than what was in my imagination, than what I thought it was. And that's just why I haven't been able to be in one of my films yet. It's because there are too many good actors, wow. you know, and I just love what they do with the material. My favorite. I love the auditions mm. because during the audition period, I get so clear on what's happening in the scenes and what's happening with the character and who the character is. Just seeing so many people do it right. is so clarifying for me. Do you ever get surprised by, um, I don't know if you work with casting directors or, or if you've cast stuff yourself or either way, but do you ever get surprised when uh, an actor you don't expect physically or type-wise or even whatever 
interprets a line or does something that you're like, what? Oh, yeah. where did that come from? You know? Yeah. yeah, for sure. For sure. And I love that. I love to, things I like to do in casting are like, I like to mix newcomers mm. with um, seasoned professionals with theater actors. Maybe a theater actor is the first time out. That's such a great mix. Why? Um, because everybody is excited. Mm. Um, you have your veteran who gets excited by being um, with a theater actor. Um, I love to have a newcomer on set because they're just so innocent and fresh and they don't really <laughs> act. And, you know, you're really capturing their essence. Right. And um, it's just, I love it. It's really beautiful. That's... And then you have like your veterans who, who really know what they're doing, who bring so much to it. And, um, and what it brings, the dynamic between them and a newcomer is so wonderful because the newcomer is all is all instinct, right? Right. Is is all going on instinct. Right. And adrenaline. And so and, and adrenaline, <laughs> right? And the real and the seasoned professional can just play them like a Stradivarius. Right. 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 <laughs> and so yeah. and you get all this authenticity coming back at them. That's so cool. But yeah, it's I, beautiful. I, I, I agree. I've seen I, I taught for a little while and, and I the classes were always mixed with people who had lots of credits and lots of things and people had never done a thing and that was always the most fun was to see exactly what you're talking about because it's like the truth finds you real fast and it's uh it's very exciting so yeah. uh, i'm gonna bounce around once again uh, i'll get back to what you're doing now and your filmmaking and, and all that stuff and teaching as well um but one experience that is unique uh to uh very few, very small percentage of actors is the actor studio experience. Um, when did you audition for the actor studio? What was that like? You know, how many times did you get in right away? Like, what was, I mean, that's a prestigious deal. What's the, what made you do oh, that? prestigious. And um, Arthur Penn, remember him? Yes, of course. Okay. Academy Award winning director. And, and he was the president of the actor studio for a long time, right? Yes. So he was doing a play and I auditioned and got into the play and everybody who got into the play got to be in the acting studio. So that's how I got in. Wow. Yeah. What was the play? The play was called Breaking and Entering and it was about cops. Wow. It was about cops. It had a large cast and I played um, um, a cop and I don't remember what I was talking about, but I was a cop. <laughs> yeah, so so just getting in, to fight somebody so did do you did you then kind of go work stuff out at the end like did you oh, walk yeah. in and go on the stage and you know work scenes out and you use that as a resource yep i um i worked on a one-person show and i developed it at the acting studio because wow. i could bring it in and i used the rehearsal space and i got it on its feet i did all that there that's so yeah. cool i got to one time i got to do a a reading of a play for uh, Tony Lobianco. If you remember him, he was an actor in the seventies and all that stuff. And, and he did a play reading there. And I, I remember standing on that stage going, wow, Brando yeah. and Marilyn Monroe and everybody, you know, Pacino and De Niro all worked that stuff out here. It's pretty neat. Yeah. It's really, it's really good. Um, especially for, for like, if you have an intention, like developing work or something like that. Um, I met one of um, this, actor named Isaiah Whitlock there. He was in my first film. He's a great actor. He's in um, the 
five bloods, I guess. Okay, right, right. So, the yeah, the he's one of the one? five. Is, it, is that the Spike Lee one or no? Yeah, Spike yeah, Lee, right. yeah. So he's in that. And um, actually, we met on piano. So I don't forget where you meet people. <laughs> but um, or maybe we met there. I don't know. But we um, we were we were both in that play too, and right. then we were both at the actor's studio. But anyway, yeah. So it's a great place to develop work and to get so, feedback. Yeah. So when you're working stuff out there, are people just kind of coming in and sitting in, or is it like? No, well, you have to get a session. You got to like sign up. Okay. All and right. You know, everybody's there, and then you get you know you put your you put your work up. Okay. And um, you get worked on, get feedback. <laughs> and I remember I did a scene with Estelle Parsons there. She asked me to do a scene with her. The thing with the actor studio was it was old and white. Right. And I don't know if you know, but I was young and black at the time. That's a surprise. You know, just uh, yeah. shocked. Yeah. Well, back, back then, this was years ago. <laughs> right. <Okay. laughs> and they really wanted fresh blood. Sure, sure. Um, and they really wanted. And so I think that's why Arthur brought us in. And I think that's why Estelle right. asked me to do a scene. And why they wanted us to be involved to, you know, bring bring life to it. Sure. Well, let's follow that road a little bit. Uh, well, I got a little more time with you. I'm not going to keep you forever, but let's follow that road a little bit because you, um, like I said, you, you're in sort of the transition of this arc of history inflection point that's bending now. Um, yeah. you, you've seen the roles from, you know, the mom, don't put my kid in that school to the world that we're in now where yeah. Hopefully we're looking at things a lot differently. What's mm -hmm. your experience of that? What What do you see about that? I hate to use the, the diversity word, but it's like that. That's kind of what. I just see more opportunity. Yeah, it's that's different now. I see. It's just more opportunity, Um, more range. I mean, the thing is, is that where the opportunity comes from is because there are more black writers and directors um, creating their own work, which is why we started creating our own work right. is because there just wasn't enough to do. Sure. So because it wasn't enough to do you, I mean, you, if you're, you know, young and adventurous like us, like we <laughs> were then um, you, you know, get yourself a camera. What I understood was acting. I knew, I knew story very well. I was very good around the table. I knew dramaturgy really well. So, and those are really key things. And then I could hire people to help me with the tech. Right, right. You know, I, I understand drama. I understand blocking. Um, and when digital filmmaking came along, it was just attainable. Yeah. So we were like in a lot of the first black film festivals with our film. We know all those people yeah, from back yeah. then. That's so cool. Yeah. So it was like, um, but those people, you know, have gone on to become Hollywood people. Right. Um, and that just makes more stories and more opportunities. Right. And so. I think, and I think the whole kind of undercurrent of everything, like I was saying to, um, I don't know whether it was Liz or one of the other casting directors mm -hmm. I had on here, that it's the one business. If you look at entire society that actually has kind of put their money where their mouth is and done that. I mean, if you, even if you look at just commercial television, yeah. uh, Hulu and Netflix, every new original piece and every even advertising campaign is, it is the most diverse yeah. business that's out there. You know, it's doing better than any other business I can think of, you know? Yeah, yeah. And whereas, it, like, when I started, it was like, there was, you know, everything was, it was either African-American or everything was assumed white or it was specifically African-American, and that was it. Right. And um, there just weren't that many, there wasn't that much openness to seeing somebody 
who wasn't what was specified right. for for a certain role. And sometimes it matters, sometimes it doesn't. But there was like, you know, there was friends and stuff like that with like literally no black people. Seinfeld, no black people in New York. You know, and we were just like used to that. Yeah. You know, that yeah. was just how it was. You didn't, you know, you didn't get be on those shows. Right. So, wow. For you us, know, you could be on the Law and Orders. Exactly. That's right. <laughs> and, even, and even Law and Order was like... What kind of crimes does this unit investigate? It's always like, you know, some rich person on the Upper West Side killed somebody. It's like, yep. that's not what happens in New York, is it? <laughs> yeah, and we could always be the people, you know, all the lower class people. Right, and Nur- then the, the nurse, the, they, yeah, whatever. Yeah, and then they make us judges, too. Oh, that's good. Which is, which is kind of odd. But um, just... It's probably some, some, some underlying guilt somewhere floating. In yeah, there. yeah, but it's always like, you can always make a judge. <laughs> So well played so, judges. Right. So all right. So you did similar to I have a similar th- process too where I, when I wanted to start filmmaking I had to learn all the tech stuff and I had to, you know, start understanding what lens did what and you know what so I I self-educated myself on that stuff. Is that kind of the way you went to? You kind of learned as you went in filmmaking? I learned as I went and I took a lot of workshops. Mm. Like okay. I did um, proper, you know, weekend here, weekend there, that type of thing. Did you ever, because um, you get to work with some great people on great sets, did you ever use them as a resource where you say, hey, you know, Always. How, how did you, what is that you doing there? What is, why is that an that eye reflex this and, you know, whatever? Yeah. I almost always make friends with the director, <laughs> um, you know, if they're open to it, whatever. Right. If it's not, you know, if it's a movie, more so if it's a movie than if it's a um TV show because the TV show you yeah, there's, no time, there's no time yeah yeah but um on movies I usually make a friend um uh, it's just it's just my natural curiosity mm. sort of brings it up you know would you, you say have a passion for the same thing would you say you have a, a style after doing the enough uh, film work like where as a director where you like this is sort of visually how I like to tell a story or does it does each story influence kind of how you do it? Each story influences. So I'm very much led by the script. Gotcha. And then I find the style and then I usually find some movies that I think look like it. Mm. And then I go find out what it what I read all the articles or everything that they said about it. Or if I can I talk to them directly mm. about what what they were doing, what they were going for in their style. And then I copy it. So <laughs> I use so like a lot of my short films were like, oh that's this film. Like that's me doing the, I'm using the exact same camera package that they use and I'm using their style. Of course it doesn't come out like theirs because they're (laughs) them and it's a different story and all that stuff. But then sometimes when I meet the director, I can tell them, Oh my God, I made a short film and I use the exact (laughs) package. And that's really how they get to be my friend. Cause they're like, (laughs) yeah. I mean, I, I fall in love with cinematographers, different cinematography and certain things that speak to you. Like you're like, Oh, that's my, I like that. You mm-hmm. know? Yeah. I definitely have this like strong feeling. If I see something, I say, Oh, I wish I made that film mm, right. like this. I should, I should, this, I should have made this, this, I wish, you know, I, I would be so proud if I was a director of this. Right. All right. I'm going to just do a couple more things uh, because you have so much to cover. Uh, you just, I know just all the, over the place. You, you have such an incredible accomplished list of things. Um, the teaching. Okay. Uh, first of all, uh, we'll get into the teaching specifically, um, but you got, I saw one thing, you, you were an onset coach for a show that I loved. In Treatment. In Treatment on HBO yeah. with uh, Gabriel Byrne. And mm-hmm. first of all, what, 
that's an interest. I never heard of that job. You're, you're an onset acting coach. What did, what did you do? Like, what did you have to do on? Well, onset acting coach. Um, I got hired by the producers who found me on Facebook. No and, kidding. No kidding. Yeah, no. Yeah. Cause that's why I'm always like, you should be on social media. Wow. because um, I get a lot of jobs that way. And, um, they had season two, they had like a black couple and the couple had a kid. Oh, right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And sometimes when the producer feels like an actor needs some more support, they do it all the time. I've done it for lots of different things. Um, they'll bring on a coach for them hmm. and you can rehearse with them. You help them um, create their, create the experience, whatever they need to believe. Okay. You help them believe that, you know, do exercise with them. You're with them on the set. So are um, you working with them before the working, like rehearsing before the working day, as well as on set kind of jumping in and giving a pointer? Wow. Yeah, I'll do, I'll do all that. And so, yep, all of the above. And so wow. then sometimes, depends on how the, the director producer wants to work. Right. But they'll talk to me, <laughs> like, and then I have to go talk to the actors. Right. I, I wonder if that's a function of... Because aside from uh, uh, differentiating from like a theater director, you know, uh, film directors and television directors often come from a different kind of background. You know, they're... they're some don't like to talk to actors. They, and they don't speak the language all that some much. Some of them don't. Yeah. And some of them, they confuse actors when they talk to them. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, and some of them, they just, they have other things on their mind. There's a lot going on. Yeah. A directive like, do that better, usually doesn't help. <laughs> yeah. And that's what they tell me. They tell me do that better. And then I got to translate that. Well, they'll say, I didn't believe that, you know, wow. and then I got to go translate that into something that the actor can actually use. Right. Can actually affect their performance. And sometimes I just go and say, uh, how you doing? You look nice today. I don't even say anything about what they said, right. because sometimes the actor just needs another take. Sure. And they don't. And there's nothing wrong. Right. And because, like, I come from Lloyd, right, I trust actors. Look, they just got here. You know, they're just warming up. Just relax, you know. Right. <laughs> and so sometimes I won't say anything. And then if I need to say, I wait for the work to start cooking yeah. before I start messing with it. Yes, right. You know. Um, yeah, because gems and magic might come, you know, they're, they're, they're bringing a whole bunch of truth of themselves to it. So. Yeah. It really, it, and it really depends. I got to find out how that actor is wired. Right. Right. Some actors, when you talk to them, they feel criticized and they shut down. Right. So I have to find something that is going to ignite their creativity. Right. That makes, that wakes them up. Right. And right. doesn't, it doesn't make them sleepy. Um, you know, like that's what was particularly challenging because most of it is interior talking. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost all talking. Yeah. Um, and, uh, that's not, you know, that's kind of unusual to have so much dialogue. Yeah. Oh, especially yeah. sitting there. Right. In a therapist's office, you know, in a therapist's office, great stuff for actors. I mean, what a great show for an actor to be on, but, uh, it's great. It's also, it was also overwhelming because the script changed. This is why also they needed me. The script changed. Wow. A lot. Wow. So we'd get like, we do a table read and I'd be like crying. It was like so good. And then they chuck it all and they constantly rewrite. So we'd be, and the set is ready. The lights are ready. And we're getting pages. new pages. Wow. And new pages there have chunks and chunks of dialogue. Wow. Wow. So it, it was incredibly hard to get off book and, or not get off, or, or do right. it not off book, right? right. Um, 
but but to find the new life. In right. fact, they were changing it. They were rewriting, and and it was great. But it was very stressful. Yeah, for, sure. For an actor. Yeah, yeah. You got You got to deliver. I mean, it's it's all the cooks in the kitchen above the. You know. That, that, and that, that that whole situation was mad stressful. Wow, wow. Because of the because of the new pages and the set was always ready. Wow. So we'd wait six hours for for new pages and now we got to go yeah. and this new dialogue. Well, I'll tell you what, the result was fantastic. I mean, it, it was fantastic. That was a great it show. Was. That was a cool show. Um, it was a great show. So let's talk about that now. Igniting the artistic passion. When do you start? teaching where you're where you're literally and and now we can get into a little bit of crafty stuff while i got a little time with you left is what is kind of the thrust of your process is it method is it meisner i come from the sort of david mamet practical aesthetics uh you know no psychological bullshit stuff that's where i come from but what was what's your thing um i would say that i do you know, I was mostly trained in method. I never had the patience for Meisner. Um, and, but I use a little bit of everything. Okay. Right. So it really depends on what I teach is, is more practical aesthetics. Okay. It, it's um, because. What, what do you want? How are you going to get What do you want? What's what are you doing? Yeah, what are you doing? What happened the moment before? Right. Where are you coming from? Right. You know, who are you talking to? What do you want? Yeah. You know? What's happening right in front of you? Yeah. 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 Because that is the most critical. Yeah. If you know, if you know your moment before and who you're talking to and what you want, you can play the scene. And are you doing right? things like scene study type things or are you like how? What's I teach, your... I teach um, on camera acting. Okay. That's my specialty. My specialty is helping actors transition from being in um, training programs to working and working at stage actors to becoming film actors. Cool. That's my specialty is that gap. Right. Because that's what, and I, you know, Margie Haber taught that to me. And so that's what I teach the others. Right. And I would think that that's where the, something like a practical aesthetics, a real sort of uh, nuts and bolts, you know, what's going on, what does your character want, how are you going to get it? You because can... you already know how to act. I teach people who already know how to act. Right. Right? So you have to, like, access your imagination, your inner life. That all has to be available to you, right? right? So, but in film and television, the thing that makes it so hard and the main, made it hard on entreatment is that we're working so fast. Right. We're working so fast, we're working without rehearsal. That's very, very discombobulating to theater actors, right. people trained for the theater. Right. So, um, and we think of like, you know, you become Blanche Dubois. Blanche Dubois is out there and you become her. But in film and television, you have to reveal right. your version of her who's, you know, based on you. So it's a different way of thinking of it. It's right. a different approach. So you say, the first thing you do in film and television is you say, I am this person, period, full stop. Right. So you, we're not waiting to become the character, <laughs> right? Right. You're, I am this person, right. period. And so, um, and whatever, whatever they experience, that's me. That happened to me. Right. Now, how can I make myself believe that? You know, so maybe, maybe I am, am born in Ann Arbor, Michigan, but maybe not. You know, so I might have to change my, discombobulate my backstory depending on the story that I'm, that the person that I am. Right. Right. 
So we figure out what that is. Like, where does that diverge? Like, where are the differences? And then what do we need to change? Like, sometimes it's stuff in my education. I look at um, values, intellect, physical traits, social status. Mm. You know, what are mine? And um, what are the, who is who am I as that person? Okay. Right? And then I try to make those, make myself believe that. Right. How can I believe that I care, that I wake up in the morning thinking about justice? Instead right. of like, Roz wakes up thinking about, oh, it's so creative. What am I going to do today? Right. What am I going to create? And because... But now I have... And because mm-hmm. I'm sorry, and because it's such a visual medium where instead of a you know 250 seat proscenium, the, the frame is you know like this, mm-hmm. um, does physicality come into it? Like physical how, traits, yeah. How do Absolutely. you what are your ticks? How do you move? How do you what, that kind of stuff? Yeah, physical traits make a huge it's, it's a huge part of it, right? And it's so how am I behaving if I am okay, still with the lawyer, I'm in a courtroom, right. Right. So I have to adjust accordingly to the courtroom. Um, usually I don't have actors thinking about um, what are my facial expressions, because that usually puts them in their head. Sure. But but if you think about um, what do I want, what do I what is my mask? Right. Right. You know, I have to maintain a professional mask. Right. Um, now, when I hear about about how this person is murdered, I'm disgusted. Right. But am I going to get them to testify if they can see the disgust on my face? Right. But there are always cracks. Right, right. You know? Right. You know? And, so and we let it come up. We got to swallow it down. And the camera never blinks. So all those things are revealed in small Oh, the way. camera reads under reads underneath the muscle of the skin, right? So we're like, you know, we're monkeys, right? Yeah. So yeah. we can, we, we read faces. Yep. And so yep. the camera reads faces. It's a truth detector. So if I'm trying to hide that I'm disgusted, right. but I am maintaining a professional mask, you, right. you're going to be able to read the underneath. Right. It's the it's the old you know acting idea of you know the drunk is trying not to be drunk. Of course, <laughs> of course. You know. So, but yet, but yet we have to create the reality that of right. being drunk. Exactly. Right. So then there has to be, and that's like the life that I might help an actor with, is creating that. Um, Maybe they've never been drunk, right? Right. So we're like, okay, so what is that like? What is that as if? And so then we might do some exercises where we experience being drunk. Right. Okay, now that we've experienced it, now right. let's hide it. Right. <laughs> you know. I love it. You just put. You just threw out very quickly. You just threw out one of my favorite terms, the as if, which is, oh, yeah. uh, which in the in the the technique that I that I eventually fell in love with was it's it's sort of like creating your own sense memory. It's the idea that. This is this moment, this situation is as if this would have happened or as is as if this not where sense memory is finding the the central uh, textures of some actual thing that happened to you. Yeah. And that's effective. I find like in film where you need to bring something up really, really fast and maybe you can grab that, you know. The thing when you're a kid, mommy, mommy, help me or whatever. And And it immediately is there. But in a rehearsal process where you can create an as if as if this would have, it's the, it's the, you know, it's the argument you want to have in the elevator after you left the meeting, right? you right. know, and everybody can have that. Everybody can get to that place quickly and not. Yeah. You have idea. to be, for me, I, I have to be able to figure out which one does this actor work with, right. which one excites this actor, right? Which one does this actually get a response? Mm. You know, um, especially working with young actors, when you do sense memory, they go, sometimes very often they go dead. Right. Because they just don't have that much experience. Right. Right. Um, you can use observation. Mm. Right. 
We look at we can look at any. I mean, they have it so easy nowadays. They just look up anything on YouTube, <laughs> right? right? And you can just sit there and empathize right. and say, "That's me," right? And then you can get it in your body like that. Right. Um, a lot of times, I I shy away from using the person's life because it tends to make it too complicated. Sometimes with older actors who are used to that, um, it it's fine. It's like a shortcut. It's sure. a nice shortcut. Right. You know, to treat this person like they're your mother. <laughs> right, right. But sometimes it's like your mother's relationship is too complicated. Right, exactly. You know, and um, and then that brings it, you know, the mind will be like, well, my mother would never do that. Right. My mother wouldn't do that. Right. No, there's a whole dime store psychology to that part of it. Like I said, it's effective when you need it quick, but it's better if you can create sort of that imaginary what if. The imagination, also, you're safe yeah. in your imagination. Right. And um, at, at some level, deep inside you know that you're safe right and that allows you to play in these really dangerous dark places yeah. in your psyche and and predetermined things aren't already laid in hard pathways and there you know new things will happen that's yeah so, you can be surprised which is like yay that's so cool oh you're you're awesome i i, I i'd love to take your your class one day and uh, see what that's all about so let's talk about let's finish up with um you meet this wonderful man you become uh, partners and he's a, he's a writer. Mm -hmm. um, what is it like to work like that, you know, with the, with your partner and, and your creative partner at the same time? I love, we love to work together. Um, <laughs> first of all, if we're on set and like he's a producer or he's a writer, he just, I just feel really safe. Like he has my back, mm. you know, um, you know, sets are like dysfunctional families. <laughs> So, so it just gives me the room to stay creative and to, and to think. And he's like killing, um, solving problems and winning wars that I don't even know about. <laughs> right. so, so that's awesome. And so like in bed at night, we can talk about what actually happened during the day that I don't even know. That wow. And so, um, but in the development process, when we're, that is even more fun. Because I just feel like we have an incredible shorthand with each other. Mm. Um, I love his writing. He's just every every few months he amazes me. He's just gotten so good. He's he's really amazing. And um, uh, so does, so does I'm he, good at asking him questions. Right. I was gonna say, does he? So he he'll throw you something. You'll read it and you'll be like, okay. So what this that and the other. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And like he'll he'll say to me. Um, like he, he was working on a horror film and he was like, oh, I'm not going to work on this anymore because it just doesn't interest me. And I'm like, that's because you lost the psychological perspective of the black woman and how she feels like she's being accosted all the time. And that's where, that's the seed of it. And because you've lost that, you just want to chop up people. It's not interesting to you. <laughs> right. Buddy. Yeah, pal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Try this. It's always, it's always got a little edge to it, too. <laughs> <laughs> Try this perspective, bud. That's awesome. Yeah. Because um, he's, he's like really, 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 really good, and he's super confident. Mm. But I'm like one of the few people who can sort of um, 
uh, help open his mind in a new path. Yeah, that's a nice way of putting it. Open his mind yes. in a new path. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's what you do. I'm sure that's what happens. Uh, yeah. But that's awesome. So, I always get mad at him if it's not good. <laughs> that's right. That's all. So, uh, so I saw in the one one of the things you sent me was sort of the look. Uh, the lookbook of a, of a new thing you're working on. Oh, can you talk yes. about that? Is that something you, you can talk oh, about? Oh, yeah. We're so excited about that. That's my film project that's coming up. Okay. It's called Hanging by a Thread. And um, it is about, a, it's about his family, really. Mm-hmm. But this bipolar brother who um, finds out that his nephew is suffering from the same disease. And mm-hmm. he's like, um, the brother is like a uh, a street artist. He's an amazing uh, vendor. He sells his street clothes that he makes. But when he finds out that his nephew is also bipolar and he's being treated with medication, which the main character doesn't believe in, mm. kidnaps his nephew. He kidnaps him. Yes, to show him a life free from pills. Wow. And that goes wrong. Yeah. Very wrong. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that goes left. And it's really about like... Um, what really resonates with me about um, Hanging by a Thread is like, what do you owe your adult sibling, siblings in terms of a relationship? Okay. Like, like um, do you take care of them? Like, what what is your obligation to them? Are you your brother's keeper? Okay, so there's your story. Are yeah. you your brother's keeper? Yeah. Fascinating. And you got some great people involved with that one as well, right? Yes, yes. So my friend Viola Davis is the executive producer, along with her husband, Julius. And um, so that's that was really exciting, getting them involved. Um, we have some actors who were interested. <laughs> and um, where, what stage of where in the, the development process are you like? Are you ready to go or are you going to? Oh, no, we're not ready to go. One thing is we have um, COVID. Yeah, and that's right. the other thing is, we are literally, I don't know, if I'm allowed to, I don't know, we're you, waiting to hear from Amazon whether or not they're going to. All right, so you're, 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 we don't have to go too far into any of that, but you're waiting, yeah. you're waiting to see where the, the money is going to come from. And... Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so um, we have great people working with us on it. And, that's um, cool. We have like two ways to go. We can either go, you know, the Amazon way, or we'll end up going independently. Right. Either way, we win either way. And where do you want to do it? Do you, do you have any ideas where you want to shoot it? Uh, my fantasy would be to shoot at Tyler Perry Studios. In, in, in uh, Georgia, uh, Atlanta, or wherever he is. In Atlanta, yeah. Right. yeah. Cool. That would be awesome. Um, yeah, I, you know, wherever. So, what, el- so what else is cooking besides that? Anything? I mean, you, that's a big project. But you, that's are, a really big project. Are you project. still working as an actor, too? Or are you still doing that? Um. Yes, you know, I have, um, let's see, what do I, well, right now I'm directing up at SUNY Purchase. What are you doing? So that's what, um, the Colored Museum. So I'm doing that this month, and the next month I'm doing an audiobook, like 600-page audiobook. (laughs) And then, yep. And then, hopefully, maybe COVID will be over and we can move forward with the films. That's so awesome. I don't know. So um, I, I think I think we're going to turn the corner on this stuff. And and the good thing for folks like you and and all of us who want to do these things is there's going to be such a pent up, you know, oh yeah, human need to express and especially even in the theater, people just need that. You need that. Yeah, need I still that. have six months left on To Kill a Mockingbird. <laughs> so I don't even know. I didn't even get into that process. That show. Yeah. What was that? A, how was that? 
I mean, that's. Uh, it was really. I was. Hey, I was uh, cooking. Yeah, so it was the, really fun. <laughs> the name. The name. What's his name? The writer. Uh, um. He, he adapted it. Sorkin, right? So I was about to say Aaron Sorkin. Yeah, I mean that's great stuff to be chewing on. Yeah, he's so cool. Oh yeah, he is so cool. He's like comes to rehearsal, he cries in rehearsal. He's like so into it. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, he's like he's like a Hollywood heart. Wow, like is, he's Hollywoodish, but he's also like an open heart. Yeah, walking around. is he? Yeah. Is that is in that kind of a situation? Is that kind of a writer still throwing notes and things, or at that stage? Well, he or did what? when I came because when I came, also um, I was in second cast. Um, we uh, Russell was that, the, came. was that the Ed Harris one? Yeah, I'm in the Ed Harris. Cast. Okay, cool. Okay, and um, and Russell came, and Russell is deaf. And an actor, Russell Harvard. Okay. And um, he's deaf, and he played. I can't remember the character's name. <laughs> You're in the show. <laughs> it's been so I know, long, right? Yeah. Almost a year. Wow. I have to start all over again with that show. <laughs> anyway, so so because Russell was deaf, there had to be some re- rewriting. Hmm. For, um, for he Lim is there a character named Lim? It's possible. Lim? It's been a while since I've seen the thing, so I don't. Know. Or read it probably was the last but, time. You know what I do though? I work in like segments because I work in so many different gigs. Right. So right now I can tell you anything about Colored Museum. Right. You know because that's where where I am. You compartmentalize your. Yeah, I compartmentalize, and so I load all my names, my characters, <laughs> all that is just loaded for that. The only things I kind of remember. I like like I remember forever piano lesson or seven guitars or things that I did early on because right. you never forget those. Right. Like I could probably recite the whole play, <laughs> but all the stuff in between is a blur. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all of it I is is a blur. <laughs> well, that's a blessing. I mean, that what that tells yeah. me is you are the true working artist, and Thank you. Uh, and I have really really enjoyed you giving me all this time. I mean, this Thank is you so, much. so amazing. Uh, I learned so much and, I, you know, I could go another two or three hours and, and dive into all kinds of different stuff with you because um, you really articulate what, what it is to be a working artist and what it is, uh, the inside baseball of the craft, which is what, yeah. what we really want to get into. <laughs> I just want to say thank you personally. That, that Awesome. Thanks for uh, doing that. It was so fun. Thank and, you. You made it so easy. Thank uh, you so much. It's been a pleasure. It really has. 